Well, I'm certainly glad to see you all here today. Praise the Lord. God is good. A little bit of a lighter crowd, but that's okay. The weather is the weather is uh, the weather is upon us, and sometimes that happens. You know, we talked to people. Uh, we were, you know, we were just my wife and I were at a meetings down in Pensacola, and we were talking to some of our southern friends. Glory to God, and we were talking about the weather, and they just can't imagine why why anyone would stay up here. And sometimes I'll just be honest with you, I can't imagine why we stay up here either, except that God has a plan and a purpose here, and He has us here to do it. So praise the Lord, we'll just get bigger blessings in heaven. You know, you get sunshine all the time, and and, and while that's nice while you're here on the earth, it just don't bless you in heaven because when you get up to heaven, God's just gonna look at you. I put you in sunshine all the time, so you ought to have done good there. Amen. <laughs> But when you deal with the weather, I mean, just the other day, you know, it was, uh, I mean, I think last week we had 70s and sunny here and green grass. Oh, wait, that was down in Florida. Hallelujah. But, uh, but then you come back here and last night as I was driving home and just like I, I was, I was blessed to hear that Bob said that to Josh, because as I was driving home, I stopped every time I was, I stopped because I, I pulled over to take a picture of, of my dashboard, which read negative one degrees. And Caleb was with me. And then, and then I drove a little bit further and I pulled over again. Negative six. Surely it can't go colder than that. And Caleb said last, that's nothing. He said last week when you weren't here, he said it got to negative 13. I'm like, wow, it'll never get that cold tonight. Well, sure enough, it did. I pulled over and I'm somewhere between Clymer and Sherman. And sure enough, it was negative 14 degrees. Hallelujah. I took a picture and, and praise the Lord for it. And I'm thinking, what the? And, and I was just, I even made a little post about it. I said, the days I'm glad not to be Amish. And then the reason I said that... <laughs> It's because we passed, we passed an Amish buggy on the way out there. And I thought, dear Jesus, oh, it's I mean, because I, I don't care how fast you run that thing. There's still like, what, plywood and, in, 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 uh, you know, you know uh, curtains, canvas and, and everything. And I'm sure that they get real close on those nights. Praise the Lord. But uh, I had my Jeep with my heated seats and heated steering wheel and I was just fine. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I thank God for the preaching of the gospel. Amen. Hallelujah. Whew. And if you don't have heated seats and heated steering wheel, you need to just go get yourself one. Stop being Amish. Glory to God. <laughs> Praise the Lord, because you're pretty close to it at that point. Just go out and you say, well, maybe that's not possible. You get there. Amen. God will get us there. People would say, well, you know, more stuff in cars is just more stuff to go. Well, I'd rather take the chance of something going wrong in my vehicle and have a heated seat when it's cold outside. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I, get, I mean, I'm so spoiled nowadays. I've got, I finally have upgraded and we've got, we've grown to the place where we can have our vehicles in a garage. And I come out into the garage, and sometimes I'm complaining about that. I'm like, this vehicle's too cold. I mean, I ain't got to shovel it out. I ain't got to wipe it off. I ain't got to wait for it to thaw. I remember days sitting out there with a, with a tape case or a CD case, because I, you know, I couldn't even afford a scraper. And I'm out there, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to scrape that windshield free, you know, and, and the, the, the plastic case is busting in my hand and everything. And, and you try with your fingernails a little bit, you know, and that doesn't. I've been there, folks. Praise the Lord. Glory to God but we ain't there no more. Hallelujah. Well, enough of the weather report. That's, uh, I am just so excited to be back with you. You know, we talk about these meetings and how it's important for us to go away. And this is, you're seeing the, the, the reasons for it. Because when we go away, we get filled up and, and we get to come back, you know, uh, full of the word. Praise the Lord. I, I said this in Corey last night. I asked my board. We have a, have a board meeting back in December. And I asked my board. I said, I go to about four or five meetings a year. I said, is that, is that you know, is that too much? And and my, uh, uh, one of the people on my board is Pastor Michael, and he said, so let me get this straight. You go to church four or five times a year that you get to go sit and get fed where you don't have to just like, you know, it's like my pastor and I, when we've gone to these meetings before, we just walk into the meeting and we sit down and we're like, we look at each other and we're like, we didn't have to do anything to get here. Is this what people have a hard time with? You know, coming to church isn't that hard. It's, it's like when you realize it's the blessing that's in your life. But praise the Lord, we go get filled up and then we can pour out for a while. Amen. And I got, I love the meetings. I love getting away because I always get direction. And don't you know, I came back, I, I started getting direction immediately when we left for the church and for my own life. And so we're blessed and we're looking to get into all that God has for us. Amen. But this, me, this, this message, I'm not saying the revelation we're going to get today, but this message is one that I wanted to preach about, what, four weeks ago. I promised you all that if we could get back into it. I would. Amen. And today we are going to. So today's message is called The Blessed Life, Simple Faith. Amen. Now there is a part two to this message. I can't guarantee we're going to preach on that. 
but uh, we are going to preach on this today. I, this seemed right to do so. I was still j so jacked this morning after last night's service. I, I was sitting there uh, as, as announcements were going on. Do I re-preach that message? Because, you know, it's, because, you know, here's the truth. You know, it's like I can tell people to listen to it, but honestly, if you ask yourself, you probably won't listen. Most people, a majority of the people that sit in a congregation, even though they're, they're told to go do something, they won't do it. Amen? And so I thought, well, should I do it? Should I re-preach it anyways? But I was, it was just like, no, if they don't want to hear it, they don't want to hear it. Praise the Lord. So I'm not picking on you. So if you're, you know, don't think I'm just coming, coming after you. But, but amen. There's, there's good, good things for us in these messages. Amen. The best life, simple faith. And we're going to be talking about simple faith. I thought it was a good way to kind of, you know, we're still in the beginning of the year. And so uh, before you know it, we'll be closing the year out. But it's a good way to jump into the year. So let's talk about simple faith and what faith is. Amen. But I want to start with a few questions. Amen. How many believe that God gave us church? Amen. Everybody should say yes. If you don't, you're in the wrong church. Get out of here. No, I'm just kidding. Praise <laughs> the Lord. But if you don't believe that, then you need to stick around a while and learn why God, why God has given us a church. But God has given us church. Amen. How many believe that God has given us pastors? Hallelujah. God has given us pastors. I'm so thankful for my pastor. I'm so thankful for the connections that I still have with my pastor. That I get times to still sit under my pastor and, 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 and glean from his wisdom and, and the things that the Lord is speaking to him on. Amen. God's given us these things, you know. And so we have to understand it's part of the blessing of the local church. And, uh, you know, one of the blessings of the local church is that God brings us together uh, when we don't know. You know, when you, when you first come in, you might not know. You might come in seeking God, and you're like, well, how do I get to God? How do I, how do I hear from God? And these are all common questions that people have. Well, that's the blessing of the local church, is that when you don't know something, God gives you a place tangibly that you can go sit, that you can be part of, that you can connect to, that you can uh, increase in the family and... and, and, and uh, uh, you know, come together and, and, and come to a place where you can learn and, and grow and, and be old, get over things and problems in your life. Amen. What a blessing the local church is. What a blessing the gift of pastors is. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, so those are all parts of being connected to the local church. And the reason I bring this up is, that, yes, this does have something to do with faith and simple faith. Actually, this is the most basic of faith. The understanding of the need for a local church is the most basic thing in faith. You can't get to God without a local church. Now, if there was no such thing as a local church, I'm sure God would provide a way, but the local church is the way that God has provided for you to connect to him to start with and then to stay connected to what he wants to do. Now, there is a truth that you have to learn things on your own and that you have to spend time in the Word and, or that you should because if you do that, you'll be blessed. But a lot of times it takes us there. I mean, we, it takes us years uh, to get to where God wants us to go. Amen. And there's nothing wrong with that. But one of the reasons I say that is because so often people, you know, they, they, uh, you know uh, they study things or they get reading the Bible and they don't even know exactly how to read the Bible. They look at the Bible and they're like, what do I even, you know, where do I even go here? I'm going to give you something I've given you a lot of times, but I'm going to say it again. This has helped me, it helped my life so much. Amen is that when I first started going to church and getting faithful, I didn't know much. I knew, I mean, I did know a lot of the Bible, but I didn't really know, I understand how to study the Bible or how to hear from God and all those things. And I wanted to more so. And so what I did is I recognized that God had put me in a place, the local church, for a reason. I recognized there was blessing that came to my life as I sat there. Have you ever sat in a service and you just thought, man, this is freeing, this is helpful? How do you remain in that? How do you stay in that? You take the thing that is preached to you every single week because what is preached from the pulpit is for you. You don't have to go study other things. I'm not saying it's, listen to me. Don't, don't mix what I'm trying to say. I'm not saying don't study things for yourself. There is a process of growth to which we get to where we should go study things out for ourselves. In fact, if you want to, you can be a scholar in anything in the Word, and you can grow to that point. But if you're at a place of growing, in a place where you're still like you're not sure on certain things, where you don't have that confidence yet, that's exactly what you do. You revisit the sermons that are preached. We put them online. We put them on Facebook. We, I mean, we have them so many places. We've not, we put them on 
on Spotify. There's so many places to get to them. It's not hard. And those things that God, when you, when you start getting into those things, you'll start learning different methods and different uh, ways of looking at scripture and it will make more sense to you. Amen. Praise the Lord. I still use these same methods today as I, as I, uh, as I study other ministers or I study what other messages that God has me uh, sit uh, under. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You understand that, that what God is doing through the speaker, God could have anybody speak, but the one who he's having speaking, if it's truly God using them, can speak to any one of us. Amen. So it doesn't matter our age. It doesn't matter our, our place in the ministry. Glory to God. We can all be fed. Amen. <clears throat> Praise God. Hallelujah. So part of the blessing of the local church is that when you're connected to the body, there's also direction. And this is something else that I wanted to share with you, and this is just all leading into the service. But, you know, bad things happen. Sometimes bad things happen in life. Faith is not to stop bad things from happening. You are not going to stop bad things from happening. I don't care how much faith you have. You're not going to stop adverse circumstances from happening in your life. I don't care how much faith you have. I don't care how much you pray. I don't care how much you beg God. There is a reason for it, and I'm not going to get into all those reasons today, but bad things happen. So what? So what? And the reason I say so what is to really bring our attention, shockingly, to something. If you took your bad situation and you just picked a random person on the street, as horrible as your situation is, you pick a random person on the street and you said to them, tell me about the worst thing that's happened to you. I guarantee you that they could drum up something that would at least match or surpass the problem that you have people deal with bad things. Bad things do not that happen don't make us special. When we when we dwell on something bad that happens over and over and over and over, what we're saying essentially is that we're special. You're special enough. Your bad situation was special enough for you to dwell on. You know what that does? It keeps you in the midst of that bad situation. The only way to get out of that bad situation is through the, the, the way that we're given, the difference between us and that person that's just random on the street is who we're connected to. We're connected to a God who is a God of faith, a God of increase, a God of victory, a God of, of surpassing greatness, hallelujah, a God who is above all and beyond all, a God who is from everlasting to everlasting, a God who is infinite, a God who is magnificent, a God who puts his glory upon us. That's the difference. Bad things don't matter. And if you stay dwelling on bad things, it will keep you right where bad things want to keep you, in the bad thing. The only way to rise above it is to realize and connect to what God has connected you to. Amen. And most importantly, that's him, that's his word, that's his son. Praise the Lord and his Holy Spirit. And so this is all leading into just talking about simple faith. See, it's already better than it would have been a few weeks ago because none of this would have been on my heart a few weeks ago, but it's on my heart today. Amen. Praise the Lord. And that helps us get somewhere. So why don't you turn with me to Mark eleven twenty two? This is one of my favorite faith scriptures. Mark eleven twenty two. We are not going any further than Mark eleven twenty two. We're seeing right there on Mark eleven twenty two. There's a lot of people in our camp that preach on these sets of scriptures, and I'm not saying they're wrong. But what I'm going to tell you is this: a lot of times when they preach on the ones after, which are good scriptures and they're important for us to know. Yeah. But they missed, they, they kind of always skirt by this one. Yeah. And this one is so incredibly important to us. Amen. We're talking about simple faith here. Amen. Yeah. Mark eleven twenty two. Glory to God. <clears throat> and Jesus answered saying to them, have faith in God. Praise the Lord. You know, they came to Jesus with questions. They came to him, well, why did this happen? How did this happen? And what's going on? Praise the Lord, they did this all the time. And Jesus' message, message was most of the time the same thing. Have faith in God. What, is gonna, what, what do you need to do when you're, having, you're facing a situation that you don't know how to conquer? Have faith in God. What are you going to do when something is presented before you and you just don't know what you're going to do? Have faith in God. In God. What happens if you're sick and you don't know if you're going to even make it through the night? If you're so sick, I had friends that got COVID and were so sick that they literally thought they were dying. What do they do? Have faith in God. That's the answer to all things. It's the answer to a lot of things. We need to get to that. Well, not a lot of things, all things. Praise the Lord. We need to get to that place where our faith 
is in God. And that's why I'm teaching about simple faith. Now, you may be sitting here and saying, man, I've been a Christian for a long time. I know what faith is. But you're also full of pride. You need to sit and listen. Because you don't understand what faith is. Faith comes by hearing. Because if you understood that, you would have never had that thought go through your head. How do I know that? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. How do you have faith in God? By hearing. What are you doing this morning? You're hearing. Praise the Lord. So even if you've heard me, even if I preach this, this scripture for the rest of this year, every single week you should be excited about it because your faith will grow. And what gets us, what, what, what is the thing that overcomes the world? Even our faith. Hallelujah. What is the thing that, that, that overcomes the trials of this earth? Faith. What are the things, that, the oppositions that will come at you? What are the things that get you beyond them? Faith. What is the things that make you grow, grow, grow closer to God and understand Him more and be able to hear the direction of God? Faith. Faith is what pleases God. Amen. That's why Jesus said, have faith in God. See, there's nothing wrong with asking questions, and He wasn't rebuking His disciples for asking them questions. Praise the Lord. He wasn't saying, don't ask me any questions. He was, he was starting off the answer to his question with the most important statement that you could give to anybody. Have faith in God. Amen? Yeah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And I love that, that, you know, it says that Jesus answered them saying, have faith in God. And then he went on to a dissertation, went on to an explanation and went on to, uh, you know, take it a little bit deeper. But the most important part of these sets of scriptures is having faith in God. Uh, the word faith, literally, it means to have assurance, have trust, rely completely on, praise the Lord. You know what's interesting about this? You know, in, in, in context, what was happening here is they just walked by the fig tree that Jesus had cursed days before. And, and Peter said, look, master, the tree that you curse, it's withered up from the roots. And that's when he answered, have faith in God. And they went on to explain. But the thing is, is see, this is what the way people react. And this, this, this gives us uh, kind of an insight into that a lot, you know, into the way uh, kind of people react about things. The way, uh, the way people react is they see something magnificent happen or something big happen or something crazy happen. And they look at the thing. They're distracted. They're like, whoa, look at that. You know, I often think I, I, I love magic. Uh, I always liked magic uh, as a kid. Uh, I learned a few tricks and stuff like that. But one of the biggest things with magic is always diverting people's attention to something else. The reason magic works is because you get people to see, you make people look at something else while you're doing something else. Yeah. Amen. And, and, you know, I remember when I was a kid, one of the big things is uh, uh, David Copperfield. Anybody ever heard of David, David Copperfield? David Copperfield was going to do this amazing feat. He was going to make the Statue of Liberty disappear in front of a live audience. He had people standing there and, and, and he picked that statue up and just made it disappear. Right. I mean, we couldn't figure it out. Nobody could figure it out. For years, everybody was like, now, if, if you went on YouTube, just something as simple as a quick Google search, you could probably find really quickly exactly how David Copperfield made it disappear. But essentially, what the, the bulk of what he did was, is he misdirected people in the way that they were looking, amen? And, that, and that's so often what the devil is doing with us. You, you see, you think the opposition in your life is to get to, is to try to get you upset or, to, you know, some people try to say, oh, it's divine, God's divine purpose, which is stupid too, because it's, that's not truth. But they try to get you to, you know, to think about everything other than what it really is. Do you know what opposition is? Opposition is distraction from the truth. Opposition is distraction from having faith in God. You know, big events, people looking for signs. I think it's, I, I talked about this last night, and now I'll bring it up again today because, you know, we got people that are out there. You got ministers that are preaching about this prophecy and that prophecy. There's people talking about different kinds of blood moons, and there's people talking about, you, you know, this, this, uh, uh, you know, this event happening and this hurricane and these storms and the earthquakes and all these things. And people are, are, are getting all wrapped up and they're getting wound up pretty tight about this. And then the Christian community, they're like, see, see, see. It's happening, and they're it's happening, it's happening, and even they're getting all wound up. But you know, the funny thing is, is when Jesus talked about wars and rumors of wars and hurricanes and, and storms and earthquakes and stuff like that, you know what he said? He said, Don't look at it. But why are Christians still looking at it? Jesus said, Don't look at it, so why are we looking at it? None of that matters. It doesn't matter what's happening. 
pandemic, somebody, I, I was watching an apologist uh, speak and someone asked him, do you think that the coronavirus is, is an end time plague? And he actually said no, and I'm glad he did, because it isn't. An end time, the, the end time plagues that are talked about in the book of Revelation kill off a quarter of the earth. We ain't reached that number yet, folks. But regardless, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it is. It doesn't matter if you believe that, that we get raptured pre-trib or post-trib. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. Why? Because it, Jesus said, follow him. It doesn't matter what's going on around us. Follow Jesus. It doesn't matter what's happening around us. Follow Jesus. The, the instruction has never been different. It's always the same. We don't need some new teaching on it. We don't need new, some new revelation on it. The only thing that you need revelation on is to have faith in God. Because if you have faith in God, it doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what demon raises its head. It doesn't matter what opposition comes against you. It doesn't matter how many times Sister Bucketmouth says something to you. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Those things are all distractions. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us when Jesus comes back, everybody will know it. So you ain't got to worry about whether Jesus has come back or not, because not everybody knows it. If there's a shred of doubt in someone's mind, not everybody knows it. And if there's a shred of doubt in someone's mind, that means Jesus has not come back. Have faith in God. Trust his word. Trust what he's saying. Trust where he's going. Amen? Have assurance. To be assured. When you're assured of something, somebody cannot tell you otherwise. Amen. I am absolutely sure of a few things, and those things that I am sure of, they don't change. That's what assurance is. Amen. When you have assurance of somebody, somebody came to you and said, I guarantee you, I can guarantee. I had a guy back in the day, he was in the, when I worked in the factory. This guy, I don't know how he did it, he was a numbers guy. And he acted stupid, which was really, really interesting to me. Everybody thought he was kind of a clown, kind of a moron. But this guy tracked, he traced numbers. And he did for the Powerball, when the Powerball first came out, I think it was the, and there was some other thing that he'd come out, like lotto numbers and stuff. And he came to me once and he said, he said, I'm going, uh, he said, I, because uh, somebody told me about this, so I talked to him and he came to me and he's like, this is what I got. There was a horse, you know what horse racing is? OTB and stuff like that. He, he said, if I, I will give you the horse, he gave me the horse, he gave it to me for free, give you the horse, I'll tell you what to bet, praise the Lord, and that's what I did. Now, I'm not saying praise the Lord because it's good to go out and bet, you know. I say praise the Lord because I happen to say that a lot when I'm preaching, yeah. glory to God. But, uh, hallelujah, we can praise God even when I'm, I'm well, I don't gamble, okay, praise the, <laughs> praise the Lord for that, hallelujah. I was going somewhere I didn't want it to go real quick, amen? <clears throat> Just stepping right off there, hallelujah. But anyway, <clears throat> so he said, bet on this horse and bet, you know, you bet to, I can't remember what it is, place, show, or whatever, you know, or to win. And he said, bet this horse for this, on this race. And every single time, every single time, it won. Now, I never won much, but it won every time. And that's what he told me. And his whole, play, his whole idea of things was, if you can get something to work every time, then it doesn't matter if it's not much because over a long time, which I didn't understand at that time, it, it adds up and builds up. But he, every single time at one, he knew that was assurance. I was assured that every single time I went to him, I was going to do that. And I didn't do it really long because, you know, I was a young guy at the time, a young buck, and, you know, winning a dollar a week wasn't a big deal to me. But I think he was trying to show me something else or teach me something else, and I wasn't willing to listen. But that doesn't matter, horse racing. But the point that I'm trying to make is I had assurance in it. You can have assurance in Jesus Christ. You can have assurance. You can have faith in God. You can put it all in with God, and you should. And I'm going to tell you what. You can't get much from God if you don't put it all in. If you don't put it there, you know, so many people are distracted by what's around them, by what, you know, what the stock market's doing, what the gas prices are doing, what their, what their jobs are doing or not doing. You know, my, my wife got a raise this year. I don't know if any of you, my wife works as a, as a teacher, school teacher. And every time the school budgets come out, people complain about them, right? <clears throat> well, the teachers want raises. But you know what's interesting is the raise my wife got last, this year didn't even come close to what our expenses went up this year. So we're, my wife is making less this year than she was last year. Hallelujah. And people are still mad about it. What is that? It's just the way life goes sometimes. But see, our supply, if our supply is on the earth, if our supply is in those things, if we rely on earthly things, and that's how you know, if you, are you moved by something that happens? 
if you're moved because of your job, if you have a job or don't have a job, if that moves you, then your faith isn't in God. Your faith is in that, at least in that area. Amen? Assurance, praise the Lord, in God. <clears throat> have trust. Rely completely on. It's so important. They said, look at the thing that happened. And what did Jesus point them to? Pointed them back to God. They said, look at the tree. Master, the tree that you curse has withered and dried up from the roots. And Jesus said, have faith in God. That's what he pointed to. That's the first thing he pointed to. He didn't say, wow, you know, you're right. He didn't say, praise the Lord. This is great. Hallelujah. My faith works. Hallelujah. He didn't do any of that. He said, trust God. And I have imagined, I, I have to imagine Jesus in that moment. It was kind of like that. It was kind of like, trust God. Didn't I tell you you would see great things? Stick with me, man. If you come with me, I'm going to show you something that you haven't seen. Do you know that God is still speaking that to us? Just because it's 2,000 years later, Jesus said it was better that he went away because the Holy Spirit was going to come be with you. See, Jesus was with them as much as he was with them, and he could help them as much as he could help them while he was with them. But there was times where Jesus was. You remember when the disciples were out in a boat, floating around, and there was a storm, and they were afraid? Jesus wasn't with them. But he came to them. But how many know that when, you know, <clears throat> something bad is happening? really bad, like you think you're going to die. That's bad, right? Yeah. You're laying in your bed and you think you're going to die. You know, and Jesus walks in, that's great, but up until Jesus walks in, it, it's not great, right? right? But he said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit so my spirit will be with you all the time. Yeah. Actually, that's what we're going to be talking about in, uh, on Tuesday nights coming up. We're going to be talking about living spiritually. Amen? And, 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 and what that entails. And some of it is there's some good stuff in there. Praise the Lord. And I don't know how long it'll go, but we will go as long as it needs to. Amen? Yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. But Jesus put his, he's put his spirit on the inside of us so we can have God with us continually. So that in the storm, we don't need to see somebody walking on water. We have that inward witness that starts bubbling up immediately. I don't know about you, but I prefer immediate relief over, like, waiting for relief. You know, somebody says, you're going to feel like you're going to die for the next five days. But in five days, you're going to feel completely good. You would be like, well, I don't want the next five days. Right? I don't care. Um, but if somebody says, I'm going to put something that you can't see on the inside of you so you can just surpass the next five days. You understand? I'm not saying you're going to avoid all sickness, but I'm just saying if somebody gave you that option, that that's certainly something that would work. Praise the Lord. I heard this quote, or I, I read this quote as I was reading recently, and I really liked it. It said, if, if where you are doesn't require faith, you're not in the will of God. If where you are doesn't require faith, you're not in the will of God. The will of God requires faith. It requires trust. It requ you know why God, you know, I, I, was, I, I said this, share this, the, one of the first things that the Lord dealt with me this week, God has been dealing with me on a lot of things personally over the last few months. You know, getting things, getting my health in order, uh, taking care of myself, doing different things in my life, you know, different uh, other areas too, and some of which I'm not going to say, but just a, a lot of different areas in my life God has been dealing with me strongly on. And at times it can feel overwhelming a little bit in the sense that I know that there's a lot I got to fix. How many are there with me? Yeah. There are a lot you know you got to fix? Yeah. You know, but the Lord was so precious and so sweet to me. Because when we first started our trip, the first thing, one of the first things that I heard from him, and I heard this very clearly in my spirit, he said, everything I'm trying to do in you is only to make you better. Everything I'm trying to do in you is to make you better. In other words, he's not trying to make me a, a better version of me in the sense of like, I'm going to live my best life. You know, I, I hate that kind of garbage you know, the, the, it's all about you. It's not, it wasn't like that. It was saying everything that I'm, 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 I'm encouraging you to do and to make you, uh, you know, fix in yourself, though it's hard on your flesh, I'm trying to make you better. I'm trying to make it go easier for you. Because you understand that, you know, our health can be affected by how we eat and how we do things and if we exercise or if we don't. We all hate, a lot of us hate that word. I hate that word, the big E word. It's the, the. you know what I mean? I, I actually, I, I signed up for this one app, this one, it's a exercise, certain kind of exercise app. And it's one that I figured that I could do. And it's, I've been right. It's something that I can handle and not hate my life while I'm doing it, you know. Um, uh, <laughs> so anyway, I, I signed up for this, 
when I was down there, but I don't like exercising in front of people. So when we're down there, my wife and I were doing a lot of walking and stuff when we were on away. Uh, we used that as exercise, so I wasn't using the app. But the app kept sending me messages, you know, like yeah. you haven't you haven't checked in in a while, man, you know, like. And I know that it's all. And then I finally got one, and it really kind of bothered me, right? The last one that I got was was basically this is what it said. Well, doesn't seem like this is working, so we're gonna stop bugging you. Wait, 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 no, 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 you understand, just wait for a few days, I'm doing something, but I'll come back, you know, they still don't send me messages, I thought, man, that's a bold app, do you know, sometimes the Lord's like that, he'll start dealing with us, and we keep ignoring him, ignoring him, ignoring him, finally, he'll say, oh, I ain't gonna even talk to you then, I'll just pull back, won't talk, and then I'll make you wait for a little while, yeah, praise the Lord, hallelujah. That's why when we hear God's voice, even if we don't like it, what we need to do is say, hey, uh, God, I hear you, and I know I got to do this, and I'm having a hard time, but I just want you to know I, I hear you, though. And I'm not just throwing you out. See, we have to address it. Glory to God. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. If it doesn't require faith, you're not in the will of God. I find this, the more that I walk closer to God, the more he has me step out in areas that I just can't, like, trust myself in. You know what I mean? He's like, like I, I mean, this, this whole last year was like bringing me through the ringer of, Lord, I, I don't want to pastor no more. I don't want to do it because I don't know what I'm going to. I mean, there's some weeks I come to the pulpit and I literally feel like I'm giving people the last thing I got. Now, it's not, but that's how I feel on the inside. Do you know what I mean? Because I've just been through the ringer and I'm just like, I can't do all that. And, and, and you, know what, you know what I sense the Lord saying in the back? He hasn't said this, but I sense him saying, good. I'm glad that you're uncomfortable because then you ain't going to rely on yourself anymore. You're going to rely on me. See, that's exactly what God likes. Like whatever you're at, whatever stage of life you're at, whatever it is, whether you're preaching the gospel or whether you're just working a job or whether you're doing whatever you're doing, hallelujah, when you get to that place so you got to rely on God, you know that you're in a place of good standing with him because that's what God wants from us. God loves it. When we, when we lean on him, when we desire him, when, we, when we're like, you know what, not by my ability, but by his. Amen? Maybe you're facing a situation. Maybe, you know, I was talking about bad things happening earlier. Maybe you're facing a situation you just can't get over. It's a great time to just lean back on God. Yeah. Just recognize, I can't get over it. Yeah. So I'm just having a hard time. Lord, I'm having a hard time. Be real with God. Go to him and say, Father, I can't get over it. Right. I can't forgive that person. I can't go back on this. That's just how I feel. So I'm going to rely on you. But you have to rely on him in faith. What is faith? Faith isn't just saying, God, I'm going to rely on you. Faith is saying, I'm going to rely on you. And then, and then actually thinking, God will help me through this. He's going to help me through this. See, that's what faith is. It's turning that thinking around. It's, it's twisting that thinking and getting it on the right course. It's not just saying, God, I give this. You know, so many times we say to people, you got to give it to God. And they say, but I did. But it's not just saying, give it to God. It's giving it to God and then saying, Father, I trust you to work this out in me. I trust you to deal with this feeling. And you know what I found as I do that? God helps me deal with those feelings. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Turn with me to uh, James 4, 6. Praise Jesus. Hard situations are abundant. If you haven't learned yet, the world has no, uh, no lack of hard situations. And sometimes you'll feel like the, the situations are just overwhelming. Can I, can I give you a little spiritual truth? They are. They are more than you can deal with. There is more of them than, can deal, than you can deal with. And sometimes the devil is going to bring more up and stir more up in your life than you could ever possibly deal with. It's a good time to start learning how to have faith in God. Because it's when you need that. It's like when you, when you have faith in God. You know what? The, the greatest example of faith, or one of the greatest examples of faith in God, is when the storm was filling the boat, and the disciples are bailing water, and Jesus is laying in the back of the boat asleep. What is that? The storm is raging, and he was doing nothing. Now, I'm not saying do nothing always. You know, there's a difference. I'm not trying to, uh, I'm not trying to encourage lazy. 
So if you're a person who's lazy, you need to stir it up a little bit and get unlazy. You know what I mean? Do the opposite of lazy. Do something. Amen? But I'm talking about, generally speaking, when there's a, when there's a storm and we're trying to fix it. You know, that's the problem. But here we go. James 4, verse 6. I know these are scriptures that we all know, but they are scriptures we all need. Amen? But he gives greater grace. Everybody say greater grace. God gives greater grace. If you're new to us or you haven't heard me say this before or you've heard me say it before and you just want me to say it again, the word grace is essentially God's ability bestowed upon us for things that we couldn't do. So when we couldn't. That's what grace is. You know, we know the first place we see grace is in salvation. What is that? It's when you couldn't save yourself, so Jesus saved you. He died for you. So God's grace, if you want to look at it in just a basic form, is, is essentially, it's his ability that, uh, that we don't have bestowed upon us. Amen? It says God gives greater grace. Well, you might need grace to get over a situation. You might need ability, the ability to get over a situation or to walk something out that you don't have. But what does James 4, 6 say? God gives greater grace. So whatever grace you need, God gives greater grace. The Bible says he's never left us nor forsaken us. He tells us over and over and over and over and over, don't worry. If we had a reason to worry, he wouldn't tell us to worry. And if you don't have a reason to worry, that's greater than whatever trial that you can get through. I don't care how you want to look at the scripture. You might want to say, well, well, I don't know about that. But just think about the things I just said. Look at the other places in the word that the word talks about what God does. Jesus would not tell us to not worry if we didn't have reason to worry. You know, he would have told us, I mean, you need to worry a little. But Jesus didn't tell us that, did he? How much are we supposed to worry? None. How much? Are you sure about that? How do you know? Because the Bible tells us, right? The Bible tells us. Praise the Lord. And I know she knows. That's why I'm picking on her. Amen. Plus, she's my daughter, so I can do that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Greater grace. He gives greater grace. Therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. All right. We're going to break down pride and prejudice. Pride and humble. We're going to see what that is. Pride and humility. Pride is when you've done something and you thought, man, I did a really good job. That's pride. Pride is, oh, this belongs to me. Look at what I got. That's pride. Pride is, look what I can do. Others can't do. That's pride. Pride is, look what I can do. That's all pride. Like, listen, there are things you can do. There's no doubt. And there's nothing wrong with recognizing, you know, I can do this. There ain't nothing wrong with that. You know, a little bit of pride is what I'm saying. No, a little bit of knowledge is okay. But pride is that feeling that takes over that, 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 like, I'm going to do this because I know. And I have this game I like to play once in a while on my, on my, on my, uh, my device, my devices, right? And this game is one of those good uh, shoot 'em up games, you know, just like, uh, it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like laser tag or like paintball without having to go out and actually do anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, it's real good for Western New York weather. Yeah. Amen. And so this is a game I like to play. And there's options on this uh, of different boards that you can play on. But do you know that I, and, and the way that you play this game is you, you, you jump in, like you parachute into the, the arena, so to speak, which is a, a realm. Some of you might know what I'm talking about. Some of you younger folks might think you know what I'm talking about, but you don't. It's something different than what you're playing, amen? But at any rate, you jump in, uh, you jump in and, and, and you, have a, you get to choose where you jump in at, and depending on where you jump, there's different things that will be there, and it changes up all the time, you know, different things that help you on your, on your, in your quest, amen? But you know what I like to do? I like to play the same board. I like to play the same, go to the same place, and jump to the same place because I know what to expect. Yeah. It's kind of the way I play video games. When I, I don't play video games a ton, but when I do play them, that's the way I like to play them. There's this other game I like to play. Uh, it's an old computer game, uh, and, and I have to get it in a special way on my computer. I, I don't even have a computer. I have it on my son's computer, Caleb's computer. And, and every once in a while I play it, and it's the same thing. I go to the same board, set it up the same way, and win every single time. Yeah. Why? Because I like to win. But I know what I'm doing, amen? <laughs> Praise the Lord. 
who likes to lose? Whenever I, whenever I start losing, I start getting frustrated, quit, quit, get out of it, and then go back and start over because obviously I didn't set it up right. You know what I mean? It's just the way that it goes. But none of you like to lose either. But I'm also not trying to be a champion at the game. I don't care about that. I just care about playing it the way I want to play it. Amen? <laughs> well, see, if I lived life that way, and perhaps that's why I like it so much because I don't get to live life that way. I don't get to choose what board I jump in on because the one I'd jump in on is a lot warmer than this one. The board I'd jump in on, it looks a lot different than this. The board I'd jump in on, a lot of people like me. Amen? You know what I'm saying? Like, all the people like me. Praise the Lord. The board I jump in is, has everything that I want right around me. Glory to God. You know, but God doesn't have me choose that board. And why doesn't he have me? Because that's not where his grace is shown. There's no, there, nobody's going to look at me and say, hey, you are a champion at that game. I want you on my team. You need to get some kind of award because of how you do. Right? Nobody's going to do that. Why is that? Because it, because it's just not the truth. They would get me, they'd get me on their team and they'd be like, who did, who did I pick here? And I'd be sitting there going, this isn't the board I wanted. This isn't the way I wanted to play. Every once in a while, my sons will play with me and I make them play it the way I want to. I was like, I'm going to this location. Right? Am I right? Yeah. 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 Well, praise the Lord. That's the way it is. But pride... Pride gets a hold of us and says, this is what I can do, so this is where I'm going to stay. And so often, we stay in the place that we can stay, or that we can manage, yeah. because that's what we can do. We know where we can. We, uh, we, th that's why, that is a reason why Christians don't break out. Yeah. It's because they get to a place sometimes in life, if they've gotten to a place where they can manage, and they don't want anything to upset that cart. Yeah. They don't want anything to get in the way of that. It's pride. Right. Yeah. Praise the Lord. And so to move into a place of true faith, what you're going to need to do is allow God to break you out of your comfort zone. Yeah. It's not comfortable. comfortable. Right. But when you, when you know that God has you going in a direction, yeah. then you need to go in that direction. Yeah. Right. When you know that it's, you know, you can think of a million reasons not to do something, yeah. but faith will drive you towards doing what God has called you to do. But you have to let go of pride because there's no grace. There's no, you know, there's no special ability that comes into my life doing the same thing over and over and knowing how to do it and just being uh, conquering it, that one little thing. My world is so small. You know, I remember when I was first, uh, you know, when I was, I was raised, my mom raised me right in so many ways. And one of, the, one of the greatest things she did was put a fear of God in me to ever leave. And it wasn't an actual fear of God, but I, I just didn't think I could leave. I didn't think I could go anywhere. I had to stay near my mom. You know what I mean? And she let me like move out of town a little bit, um, but, but, but uh, not far out of town. You know what I'm saying? And so I, I had this, I always had this like, I just, I can't go. You know, I just can't go. And, and there's a lot of good things that that put in me. But at the same time, uh, that what I did with that was, was make it some things in my own life that brought me bondage. I'm not saying she brought me into bondage, but, I, I, but God wanted to break me out of that as well. Yeah. When I was 18 years old, I had these dreams of just, just traveling and going and, and being and being somewhere else. And thank God that I didn't have the mind that I have now, because if I had the mind that I have now, I would have just run for the hills. I'd be gone. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But uh, not because I don't love my mom. I love my mama, but I'm just telling you right now, Praise the Lord. There's things to see, you know. And so I remember this first trip and I wanted to go and, and, and uh, I was going through a hard time in life and I had a whole bunch of things in life upset and I needed and I kind of gotten into a, a bondage of my own accord. I got into a bondage that wouldn't let me break out of that. And I remember there was this place I really wanted to visit down just south of Pittsburgh. And to me, Pittsburgh might, might as well have been a million miles away. We had no cell phones. We didn't have, uh, we didn't have, uh, we had the internet by that time, but we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have, I didn't even have a GPS. I had a vehicle that was, you know, at the time I thought was reliable, but uh, in the sense of if that was what was reliable to me then, now I wouldn't even let someone drive it. 
Praise the Lord, but that's how I got around, and I was going to take it down to Pittsburgh. And so I printed off on my computer, I printed off on, Google, uh, on uh, a MapQuest, it was at the time, I, I, the directions, and I had, you know, I had to flip the pages as I went over the miles. I didn't get to watch it go, and didn't get to pick which avatar vehicle I drove, you know, and all that stuff. Uh, I didn't, wasn't told where the cops were going to be, and all those good things. I couldn't listen to music through it, too, you know, I had to turn the knob to turn on the radio, and it was a physical ka-ching. It wasn't just to make me feel better about it, you know. Um, you know, those knobs in our cars, they have the volume, but they just keep, you can just keep spinning them and spinning them. It's just, just to make you think it's, you're doing something. But, but at any rate, I, 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 I remember going down, and it was like, this was breakout for me. It was like seeing something, and, and, and it started something in me. If you, if you followed us on, on uh, any kind of social media, you'll be familiar with uh, the, the tag we use, Michener Adventures, and that's really where Michener Adventures started was that little trip. And I went down there and I had opposition, all these kinds of things happened, and it wasn't the devil, it wasn't God, all it was was just natural processes going happening as we were going. Hey man, I'm just telling stories and not even thinking about where I'm at. But uh, but we, I, I was traveling and I, I, you know, I went down there and and as I'm driving down there, you know, things happened and, and I just kept pressing on and pressing on. But there was something stirred on the inside of me. There was something I saw. There was grace that was being imparted to me. It wasn't spiritual grace so much as it was a grace and ability and understanding that was breaking through a mindset. And so now I, I started seeing, wait a minute, if this is, if this is a t obtainable, then what's not obtainable? And, you know, just a few years ago, Pastor Tim and I, when we were in California, we decided that we were going to, instead of flying back, we were going to drive back in a 1977 Cadillac limousine that he purchased in San Diego for 3000 bucks. Amen? Glory to God. And so we did. And, and we started off, and to us, in our minds, we're like, well, we're going to California. We're going from one liberal state to another, so we can't bring our guns with us. We both would have felt a lot more comfortable doing this trip. I don't know why. I mean, it's, like, it's no different than driving to Falconer from here or Jamestown. The only difference is, is it's further. And so uh, as I, uh, you know, we were doing this and we, it was an adventure and it broke us out. It broke us out of that, that thinking in that shell. And now, now it's like, well, shoot, yeah, I'll drive cross country again. I don't have any problem with it at all. Um, the reason that I bring these out is because it's ideas of what, you know, when, you, when you're in a set way of thinking, you need to be able to be broken out of that in order to think higher. And that's what God's grace is. That's what God wants to do with us is when we realize that God sees everything all at once. He doesn't just see one situation. He sees one situation, then all the answers to any possible situation will come after. And that's why God's saying, rely on me. But see, when we rely on us, what we're doing is we're just staying, we're staying in Mayville. We're staying in Jamestown. We're staying locked up wherever we are. We're not breaking out into what God wants. What's simple faith? Simple faith is trusting God to say, Lord, I don't need my way anymore. I don't need it to be a place where it makes me comfortable. There's things this year that God has had me do that put me in extreme, uh, extremely, made me extremely uncomfortable. This is why I don't like preaching that talks about just, just you just pray and, and, you, and you, you, uh, you pray for everything to be the way that you want it and you, you believe God to get exactly what you want the way you want it. God doesn't do things that way. You know how God does things? Look through the Bible and tell me who God made comfortable before he moved them out. Show me one person in the Bible that God said, well, first I want you to get comfortable with who you are and just, just be where you're at and be, 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 you know, not be thankful, but just be, just be okay. Be complacent with where you're at. Not one. Every single one of them. Sometimes he was like, bloop, 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 bloop. They took it all away. What, 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 what? All's gone. Look at the book of Job. Now, God didn't remove it all. We know that he allowed Satan to remove it, but God still, he still allowed it to happen. And why did he allow it, to, allow it to happen? But the Bible tells us to not focus on the things that happened, but focus on the grace that came afterwards. Focus on what God wanted to do in the end, which is where he restored Job. And he showed, he proved his righteousness and all those things. And, 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 and it was a big black eye for the devil, even though there was loss. And sometimes there will be loss. Sometimes you're not going to stop the trial. So stop trying to stop trials. Focus on God. You don't need to worry about the thing. You don't need to worry about what not, what's not happening. All you need to worry about is what he wants you to do, what God is calling you to. And when you put your faith in God, he gives greater grace. He's opposed to the proud. This doesn't just say God is not, not happy with the, with the proud. He's opposed to the proud. Glory to God. 
He's opposed to the problem. That means he's op, you know, in opposition. Somebody who's opposed to you is resisting you. They're, they're, they don't want to be near. If they're opposed, they're, they're going to stop it. Or they're going to fight it. God's opposed to the proud. Praise the Lord. If God's opposed to the proud, then we need to stay away from, as far away from pride as we can. And pride is all about what you can do. Do you know with every direction that God gives me, he says, just do this. And then I have to step out. Sometimes I have to figure out the way I'm going to do it. Sometimes I have to walk things out. Sometimes I'm going to have trial and error. Do you know sometimes that happens as a pastor for the church? Yeah, we're going to do this this way for a little while. Maybe we'll change it up a little bit later on. This is why I'm not so much into like, we're going to do things this way and this way and this way and this way. You know why? I was thinking about this during uh, when we were singing today for uh, praise and worship there. Worship. If you've ever been to a church that's very rigid in their tradition. Yeah. You've been to a church that's very rigid in their tradition. And people will sing hymns of praise in monotone, sad voice. What is that? That, that, that that's the, the flavor is gone out of that. Do you know Amazing Grace was written by a man who realized what he had been saved from, his utter worthlessness that he had been saved from. And, 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 and I'm not you know, coming down the way we sang it. I'm just saying that, the, that, that so often when we look at hymns, it's like, you know, it's even like when people recite the word. Oh, that's, and that's actually what I was thinking of. It wasn't the song, but I was thinking about that. But it's not that. It was when we were reading scripture, when we were repeat, re, reading uh, uh, tithes and offers, re, re, uh, reading Malachi 3.10. And people read it monotone. They read it, you know, <clears throat> da, 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 da. what is that? It's like people that don't have faith in it. When you understand what he's saying in that, he's saying, give into the house of the Lord. Well, people you're giving, they're like, oh my God, I got to give it church again. And somebody's saying something and they just, they always want money and da-da-da. They all the wrong thoughts. They completely forget the, the, the promise that's in there. That if you do this and he says, I'll open the windows of heaven. We should be, we, we should almost be, you know, like up on our, you know, you know I mean, forgive me, I, I'm, I'm excited today, but we should, we, we should be just a little bit excited about it. We should be like, you know, I mean, we should be going, oh, man, God wants to bless me. Yeah. Praise the Lord, here's opportunity, glory to God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he wants to do something with me, praise the Lord. Pastor's stirring us in this, this idea of reaching the community, why? Because there will be more likable people around, because God's word will make you likable. Yeah. If you allow it to be. It will make you likable. Praise the Lord. I said it will make you likable. We want more likable people in this world. How do you get it? Get them saved. Get people saved and they'll start, and they'll, and they'll start being likable. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. So we, should, we shouldn't just, you know, there's, I, I remember I was in this one church. I can't even remember what kind or where it was. And they said, uh, da, 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 da. They read the word. And then, they, and then the people responded, uh, the word of God or something like that. And everybody else was like, blessed be the Lord. And it's like, just like that. <clears throat> the word blessed be the Lord, the phrase blessed be the Lord was never meant to be blessed be the Lord. Right. We all pull out our Eeyore faith. Blessed be the Lord. Blessed be the Lord. I'm so thankful for what he's done. I'm so happy for what God has done for me. Praising him on the inside. No, you're not. True praise when it comes out of your mouth isn't, it can't be contained. True praise, that's why we, we yell at people all the time about like praise, when we're stirring people up to praise, can people sit in their seats and like, <sighs> praise God. You don't understand. Praising him is not for him, it's for you. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Oh, I got a reason to praise God. Praise God, woo, praise the Lord. Hallelujah, God is so good. He's doing so much. This is what faith is. See, the church isn't living in faith. The church is living in ritual and religion. And they're so full of their, oh, we do this and we do that. And this is what we do. And we're a church. And that's why churches are dead. That's why churches aren't growing across the land. That's why people are leaving the faith. Why? Because nobody wants that faith. They get more excited at a stinking football game. They get more stirred up because somebody throws a, 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 a ball across an artificial line. I took that from my pastor, but it's the truth. People get so stirred up about that, but you bring them into church and it's like, oh, they're going to sit here like, you know, like what? Like what? If it's not, listen, if it's not joyful, you, you think God's enjoying it? 
You think God's up there in heaven like, oh, I'm just, I'm so happy with all my children sleeping and, and uh, distracted. Oh, yeah, and oh, they they're being, feel like they're being made to praise me and they're, they're made to, to bless my work and to be part of my work and to do what I want to do through them. I mean, I chose them to be partners with me, not because I needed them, because, but because it would bless them. I chose them to be partners with me and the whole time they're, they're complaining about everything that I asked them to do. And you think God's enjoying that? We wonder why prayers aren't being answered. wonder where the revival is. You know where the revival is? The revival's in your mouth. The revival's on your face. The revival's in your heart. The revival is in you as you are submitted to him. See, people are looking for the revival. It's already here. But the revival isn't floating around out there in the neither. And we just got to, you know, we got to pull it in. It ain't like that. God's waiting for the revival to start happening. People get excited. You know, yeah, there's opposition that will get you. That when you come to church, well, well, like, it's so dumb. There's opposition to come to the place where you're going to get blessed, right? I'm not saying that's dumb. That happens because obviously the devil wants us to not be there. And there's a fight to get there. There's nothing wrong with you because there's a fight to get there. But what's wrong with you is when you give into that and say, yeah, I guess I'll just roll over. Then something's wrong. Praise the Lord. He gives grace to the humble, those who are submitted to him. Submit, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. You know, you wonder why the devil keeps rearing his ugly head. It's because you just keep allowing him to be around. You're not resisting him. What is resisting? It's resisting in faith. It's saying, no, God is good. He'll work this out. Remember back to us talking about your troubles. You got the trials, the things you're going through. You know why it's there? You know why it still hurts? Because you allow it to be there. Because you're not resisting it. Listen, resistance isn't fun. Resistance isn't enjoyable. Go, go to a gym. That's all about resistance. Right? That's what makes you better when you go to the gym. They tell me anyways. I don't go to the gym and I don't like resistance. You don't like it either. Let's just be honest. But that doesn't mean we don't resist him. We resist him. Why? Because there's nothing good there. There's nothing. Like, listen, it feels bad. And it feels bad for a moment. But you know what happens when it feels bad? Like you want to get over it, right? But you ain't going to get over it by staying feeling bad. You know, if you drink a little poison and it makes you sick, you're going to drink more of it? I mean, seriously, start biting into a cheeseburger and you're like, oh, this meat don't taste bad or do it taste good. You're going to finish it? You would if you're dumb, right? But, but Christians are doing that all the time. They're, they're getting the rotten meat and they're like, oh, this tastes bad. I don't like this. And God's like, yeah, don't t it tastes bad. Resist it. Let go of it. Walk away from it. Step into something better. Come towards me. I'll give you the grace to get over it. But you got to trust him, believe him. God, I believe with all my heart that you are getting me through this. I done preached all my time away. I ain't got through the message yet. You will have to make up your mind. Listen to me, folks. You ready to make up your mind? I will trust God. I will trust God. Guess what's happening this week? I'm just going to let you know. Yeah, you're going to have to trust God because, because I preach this. Guess, who, guess who's coming? Knock, knock, knock. Guess who's coming? Don't get scared. Why? Because you got the greater one on the inside. Remember, he gives greater grace. It's coming. The trial's coming. And if it doesn't come this week, because now I said something, so now you're expecting it, it'll come the week after. And if it doesn't come the week after, guess what's coming the week after that? Or guess what's just going to keep coming at you? Yeah. Guess what? You're not going to stop the trial. You're not going to stop the trouble. But you can stop the effect of it. You can stop the stopping of the trial. And what I mean is you can't stop it for everybody else. But you can't stop in your own life. How much is this going to control me? How much is this going to control me? It ain't going to control me at all because I'm giving it to him. I can't do it. I can't overcome it. That's fine. You can recognize that you can't overcome something. What are we going to do? I don't know what we're going to do. I don't have to know. Whew. Remind your spouse of that. Remind your friends of that. That's why we come to church. You be reminded of that. You come in, you'll be dragging a little bit. You know, you're hurting. Oh. The week, yeah. I was thinking of you, Sister Aaron. I, I'm like, is it both legs? Or, oh, yeah, she, praise the Lord. But she's going to be running again. How? I don't know how. By the grace of God, she's going to. Am I right in that? Yeah, amen. I know I'm right in that. Praise the Lord. Praise God. 
But you know, if she just said, well, I'm, I'm stuck with this cane for the rest of my life, and I'm just going to be here on the couch, well, then that's where she'll stay. But she ain't going to stay there. That's why I ask. Sometimes I ask questions. Sometimes I ask questions. Why? Because it's, it's the Spirit of God. Lead me to ask you a question. What, do, what are you going to believe? What are you going to do? Right? What are you going to do? Who else can I pick on in here? Praise the Lord. What are you going to do? Right? Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. Everybody hiding now. What are you going to do? You're going to have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Jesus gave us the answer. The Holy Spirit confirmed it. The Bible tells us all about it. Glory to God. And the proof of the pudding is in the eating. Amen? So as we leave here today, as we go out into this world, there's going to be opposition. There's going to be things that are coming against you. Move towards faith. Move towards the direction that God has got for you. Listen, there's great things that are on the horizon. There's big things that are on the horizon. And because of that, just because I've said that, there's going to be opposition. We've seen opposition in, in, in all, of our, all, all of our faithful, every, everybody who's faithful in the church. I've seen opposition after opposition after opposition. But I can't make this thing happen either. I can't make it happen any better than you can. And I want to apologize. I don't know why it's so, it's so cold in here because it's so cold in here. It's so cold outside. Praise the Lord. But I, I see a lot of people are kind of like, you know, huddled up. And I kind of feel that way too. I got a little preach on me, so it helps. But uh, glory to God. But uh, we'll, we'll try to adjust that better next time or something. I don't know. Praise the Lord. Yeah, a lot of windows and a lot of praise. Yeah, hallelujah. Have faith in God. If there's anything I can leave with you this week, I didn't finish my message. I think there's more. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, that's good. Oh, man. Oh, wow. That's, that's a, I got, I got big, bold letters. What's that say there? What's it? Warning, warning, warning. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't know if we'll get to finish it or not next week, but at least we got a good start on it this week. Amen. There's, <laughs> there's good things for us in the future. There's good things coming. Let's have faith in God. Let's stir it up in one another. Encourage one another. Praise the Lord. Because we're going on. We're going through. We're going to the other side. We're getting all that we, we can get. Praise the Lord. Because God wants to do it in us and through us. He wants to do it in Mayville, New York, or he wouldn't have planted this church here. I can't speak for any other church, and I won't speak against any other church, but I'll tell you this. I know why God has planted us here, and it's, it's, it's here to radiate out into the community, and that's exactly what it's going to start doing. So take your newfound faith, glory to God, or at least you're stirring on it, and let's see what God's got for us. Amen.